Hi, this is Cheryl Thibault and welcome to The Walk of Life, Passion, Purpose and People. Our special guest today is the amazing nail artist, Hazel Dixon, all the way in the UK. And um, over the coming weeks, I'm going to be joined by a wide selection of guests and experts from the beauty industry to promote the launch of our new book, Career in the Beauty Industry, Discover If It's For You. And Hazel is a contributing author. And uh, today we're going to be talking about her chapter, her career in nails, and her awesome experience in the industry. So welcome, Hazel Dixon. Hello, Cheryl. <laughs> Hi, thank you for joining us so late at night for you. It's daytime here and nighttime there. So thank you for doing that. That's okay. Um, we want to talk to you a little bit today about your life and your career in the beauty business and how you got started in the industry and so on. So over to you. Okay, so um, I got started in the industry actually a little bit by mistake. Um, it was, I was contemplating what I should do after I had the children. So I'd had three children. I didn't do well at school. I was a bit naughty. Um, so I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Uh, so I looked at interior design and I looked at nails and hairdressing. And the other two just wouldn't work around the kids being so little. So long story short, I found a course with Creative Nail Design mm -hmm. or C&D as they're now called. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, it can't be that difficult. I'm very creative. I love this. And boy, did I get a shock. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy as we make it look. Um, but I love that about it. I love that it wasn't easy. I love the chemistry side. I love the color, the art and the possibilities of what you could do, um, which then years later led me on to the, the fantasy categories and the extreme nail art and shapes. Um, so that's how I got into the industry. So that would be 17 years ago now. Wow. Um, so yeah, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been in at 40, so I got you beat. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I'm still a baby then really, I suppose, but it seems like a long time. Um, yeah, and, and then I found like Easy Flow. I love their stuff and I did my master's with them right through the whole program. Um, and then I felt a little bit lost, if I'm being honest at the time, because there was nothing else education wise to do. So I started looking abroad um and I looked to Europe and that's where I found crystal nails um and their sort of extreme shapes I'd never seen anything like that before I was like oh wow this is something different that appealed to me and then I went through and done all of their program I become a master educator for them um and then I decided <laughs> that actually, I don't want to educate for someone else. I wanted to do it for myself at this point. Um, so yeah, because there was just things that I picked up along the way. I'd done so much training with so many different brands and different educators globally, which I feel if I can give any advice to someone is to do that. Um, you'll pick up something from everybody that you, you train with, even if you think you've done liquid and powder or you've done hard gel before and you've 
can do it, you will always pick up something new every time. Um, so yeah, then I found the amazing accents um, through Gina Silvestro online on YouTube. She was one of the first people I'd ever seen do gel nails like that. That's how I found accents was through her. That's awesome. Gina's awesome. I love her nails. I love her as a person and every, I love everything about her. Um, so, so yeah. And then I was like, oh, where can I get this? Um, so we had someone here in the UK at the time, um, but I don't think that worked out or whatever. So I ended up actually having to buy it from Gina and shipping it in. Wow. And you know, the, long story short, I love Luxio particularly so much because it was one of the only pure gel polishes we could get at the time for my salon. Um, and the results were just amazing for my customers compared to the hybrid type gels we were using before. Mm. Um, and it just won me over. And then five, six years later, I was in a position where I then become the Accents distributor for the UK. And I still do that now. Absolutely love it. Um, and in between all that, I found my love for competing. That's probably where most people will have heard of me from is from the competing side and for me that's where I feel I can be very creative and do stuff that you can't do not that you can't do you can do it in the salon but you're limited on time you need to make a profit it has to be viable all of them things um but it was really the extreme stuff um I just love sitting and creating, especially with three young children. You can imagine at the end of the day, you just want to relax. And that was how I relaxed was sitting, playing with my products and my mediums and seeing what I could do with them and pushing boundaries. Um, so I absolutely love it. Yeah. So I won a load of competitions in the UK, um, got told I wasn't allowed to compete anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah. Once you've won a certain title or whatever you're not allowed to compete in that again so they pull you in to judge so I was a bit like what am I gonna do now <laughs> I was like I'm not done um <laughs> then I found obviously Nalimpia uh -huh. which is the amazing Alex Fox um but I was very scared if I'm being honest of entering that type of competition because it's um I would say the biggest global competition in the world it's where all of the top techs go to compete um and I was genuinely scared I was like I'm not ready for this <laughs> but I, I did it for a couple of years I got over the nerves of that and I just it's a fair competition it's got brilliant categories for all different types of, from salon work to acrylic to catwalk to fantasy so there's something for everybody um, and the atmosphere is very good as well, you know, which is great. Um, and I got to meet some of my best friends that I've got now um, in the industry. So it's a great opportunity to showcase your work, get feedback on your work, um, which sometimes um, can be hard to take because, you know, you think, oh, I'm, I'm quite good at this, I'm doing all right. And then you get feedback otherwise. And sometimes it can be hard to take, take that, but you have to take a step back, look at it and, and, you know, and go, oh, actually, I think you're right. You know, it takes a little bit of, of adjusting. <laughs> um, 
It's important I, to have that feedback though. Do you feel because it helps you grow to the next level? Massively. And I didn't realize to start with how important it would be. And it's something that I try to get across to my students and people that are competing because I think sometimes techs will take it quite personally. You know, if there's an, not necessarily negative comment, but this is where you can improve. Um, because, you know, competition standards, especially at No Olympia, are so, so high. I mean, so high. Um, and until you're put into that situation where you are up against the best in the world, you, do, you know, you don't really know where else you can go with it. And for me, that's, I would say, has been one of the best things that could happen to me, actually, for No Olympia was because every year I thought I'd nearly got to where I wanted to be. Someone else would come along and blow my mind and I'd be like, <laughs> I want to be as good as them. So your goals move all of the time. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing. And that's what pushes you to be a better now tech and a better artist and a better educator, you know, and a better mentor for people. Um, so that is, I think it's a massive thing. And it's one of my biggest bits of advice to give people is, is take it on board. Don't be offended by what someone's telling you because that's easily to, you know, people do take offense. People, they're not trying to be, you know, horrible or being negative, they genuinely, as a judge myself, I want you to be better, you know, make these little tweaks yeah. and you could be in the top, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, massively. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What's your favorite? Cause I know you do a lot of fantasy, maybe, maybe explain first what fantasy is because a lot of people don't even have a clue what fantasy nail art is. No, I say a fantasy is, uh, it, it's mainly for competition work, but a lot of the stuff you can do with regards to the fantasy style can also be used on catwalks and shows and stuff. Um, so basically fantasy is where you can make anything you want to, as big as you want, as small as you want. It's massive 3D elements out of anything relating to nail products. Um, and I feel for me, the biggest benefit of doing that. So some people will go, mm, but it's not, you can't wear it every day. You would never use them skills. Right. But actually it will, for me, like working with, with gel, all the different viscosities, you get to understand and know your product better. So when and that relates to salon in, I know exactly which one I need to pick up to do a certain style of nail or whatever. And the same with acrylic. There's so many different variants with different brands of um, speed and setup and, you know, all of that. So you can understand how to mold and shape it better and which monomer is better for use in winter in the salon and summer and, and all of that. And that's also for chemistry and, you know, formulations and, I love how I've learned so much from that, just from doing fantasy. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not a waste of time <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's just, I love it. I suppose it's a little bit like when I was a kid and, you know, come from a working class background and all of my friends had dolls houses and all these little miniature pieces of furniture. And I was quite jealous. I was like, I can't have that. So 
I can make it now. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So do you combine acrylic and gel products together on your fantasy or do you specifically stay yeah. with one? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel um, one has more of a benefit than the other, depending on what you're trying to create. So normally it depends on the rules and where you're competing. So globally, I think in, a, in the US um, for the now pro competitions, you're not allowed to have a base. Um, that has to be made from now products as well. Whereas European and UK competitions, you're allowed to mold a base out of, say, um, I don't know what you guys would call it, but we call it baking foil. So aluminum foil. That's aluminum foil. That's what we call it in Canada. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So basically, because you're putting such heavy pieces on the nail and you're creating a scene. So when you create a fantasy piece, you want to tell a story. So when you look from one nail to the next, to the next, to the next, it gives you a story is what you're trying to tell. Okay. Um, so you can end up with some fairly heavy pieces, even with acrylic and hard gel, they can be quite heavy. So to eliminate it being so heavy on your model and it not being able to stay attached, you start with by like, literally crunching up aluminum foil into a really basic shape so say you wanted to make a human you would do a small round one for the head and then a, a larger oval shape for the body and then you start building up using your acrylic or your gel on now, the foil itself so you take a foil ball and then you put product over top of the foil ball yep and cure it in the light if it's gel right yeah so I guess your pieces um size wise matters because they don't all fit in the light or yeah exactly so off, I guess there's ways around that <laughs> so I have taken the base off the lamp propped it up with some um tip boxes so it hovers over so you can get get it underneath um and you can pretty you can make anything out of acrylic or gel and even more so with recent with the with the poly gel type products because they're in between an acrylic and a gel so they're very good for molding shaping and smoothing out as well um and yeah you can make literally anything there's there's so much stuff gel is amazing for if you want a smoother finish so I may potentially make you know use the foil then use acrylic and then use gel over the top of that to give a smooth finish without having to file um there's so many amazing techniques that I found doing fantasy um yeah and it makes it quicker for me when I do salon nails I don't do many salon nails anymore but I at the time um I could I could bang out 3d nails you know 3d acrylic design now so quickly compared to what I could before nice. um so, yeah, so you tell a story, you have to have a costume um, and, you know, head to toe, go over the top. Um, it's basically the, I would call it the fun side of nails. And, you know, a bit like when you see the, the catwalk models coming down with full hair, makeup, showcasing what the designer can do. I feel like that's off, off, that's what our fantasy is you know in the nail industry you can showcase so much what you can do your hand painting your detail your shadowing your highlighting um all that makes a massive difference yeah. um so I think that's why I love it because it's so well I find it really fun 
Um, what, um, what was your favorite um, fantasy piece that you did? Because I know you've done more than one. <laughs> I've I've done quite a lot, and I have to say, the last one that I did for Orlando in America was probably my most favorite because it was all of the years built up of experience. Um, yeah, and I knew I was going to retire from competing. Um, to concentrate on my distribution and my brand and stuff and education so I was just happy to win I did um, Alice in Wonderland um, for that and I had like a, a lady mad hat so I put a twist on it as well um, and it was just amazing it's probably the best piece I've ever made yeah yeah I, I was at that uh, I was a judge at that um Oh, was you? Oh, yeah, I remember that piece. It was fabulous, actually. And yeah, you had a little teapot and and everything with it. So can people find that? Do you have Instagram where they can go and and look at what fantasy really is? Because, I mean, when I first saw it being a nail tech forever, too, and then you're exposed to fantasy, it's like, whoa, what is this? You know, it's it's beyond imagination that it is. And and so many people, especially in the Orlando show, for some reason, they were like, not calling me a liar, but they were, because they were so shocked. They were like, you made that out of nail products? And I was like, absolutely. And they were like, how many hours? Mm-hmm. So I remember fantasy, my very first one was nothing like that. It maybe took me a couple of weeks. That piece took me over a year to put together. Wow. Wow. Because of working, so that was out you know a few hours every evening weekends when I could around the the children and stuff and work and there was probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours gone into it because every tiny piece every donut had to be made you know and then you use the gel for the icing you know and then you can use you know the nail art sprinkles to put on top to give you the effect and you know every single piece had to be made individually and put together um so it, it small takes- pieces too, like to to make a donut in the size of something that because you're also judged not just on that but on how the size of that donut matches the whole rest of of the the theme right you can't have a big donut in the middle of something nice so it has to have perspective and you have to get the ratio right so you would need to start with the base and your main characters and get them the right size then you can work down and work on the the smaller elements so that it all looks right you know so yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of hours, but it's actually displayed up at my um, training academy for people to see. And it's just, it's a talking piece, that's for sure. Absolutely. I know you have a story in you that you can't wait to share with us. If you want to be a featured guest on the Walk of Life podcast, just go to the show notes and we will get back to you. Do you ever get frustrated and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm so frustrated right now. I just don't even want to finish this piece. I'm taking myself out of the competition. How do you get through that? Just walk away for a day or so. Yeah, you have to walk away. I've thrown brushes across the room and I've rung my, you know, my, my friend Frida, who was my competing buddy. She's very pink and white nails. I was very much art. Um, and I just ring a cry and go, why do I do this to myself? I can't do this. It's not good enough. You know, I think we, 
we wouldn't be normal or human if we didn't go through you know that um but you have to remember why you're doing it and although you have them times where you're not enjoying it the majority of the time you do enjoy it um so so yeah I'd be lying if I didn't have them moments but yeah I just walk away from it yeah you have to yeah yeah so how do you feel when you win because you've won so much is the thrill still there or is it like okay another one how do you feel um funny you should say that because it actually happened the other day so I haven't won anything but I'm up for an award and um so I still now just talking about it it, I don't know if you can uh, trying to describe it you get these butterflies and these little feeling come from your stomach right up into your chest and your heart starts pounding and it, it is the most weirdest but greatest experience ever when you win and it's often I would cry especially towards the end of me competing because from my point of view, I always felt whether there was or there wasn't, but I always felt there was such a high expectation of me. So that puts you under so much pressure because you have won previously and done so well. It gets harder and harder. And people are like, really? I thought it'd get easier. It's like, actually, no. Yeah. You know, you yeah, know. More. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and it happened the other day to me. I'm, I'm, I've been nominated for services to the industry at the Scratch Star Awards, which is the biggest awards in the UK. My whole family was like, oh, OK, another one. <laughs> and I looked at them and I was like, are you joking? <laughs> They're like, oh, no, well done. But it, it, we kind of expect it now, Hayes. And I was like, you can't say that because now I'm like expected to be in the finals for everything. And I don't expect to be. I'm I'm not that type of person. I feel that you, you earn your place there by working hard, by having integrity, professionalism, um, you know, and in, in doing your bit to make the industry a better place as much as you can, you know, with what's in your the realms of what you can do. Um, so I was over the moon and they were just like, oh, OK. <laughs> Well, you've set the bar so high for so many, you know, that you've really raised the standards in the industry because people admire your work for sure. I, I know that hands down and literally hands down. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> anyway, um, they do admire your work so much and you've done so much in the industry to to do that with you've got your own product line now. Yes. Yeah. And um, is it gel and acrylic? that you have um we have both yes we have a couple of different gel polish lines um and we have an acrylic line we have colored acrylics um nail art paints um with regards to like acrylic paints over gel um and that was mainly because of my love for art and stuff and we have a really diverse range of nail art brushes as well that, that, are, that are made to my specifications and very specific in what you can do with them and how they work and stuff um so yeah um I don't know how it started if I'm being honest <laughs> well I do but um Accents here in the UK is a gel only brand um, so because of the training school that we have, we was having a lot of acrylics very big in the UK, I, I would say compared to probably Europe and maybe America. 
um, I would say they're more predominantly gel. I don't know what it's like in Canada. It's mostly mostly gel as well. Yeah. Yeah. So acrylic is quite big in the UK. Yeah, We've, we're about seventy percent gel, I think, here, most salons because of the odor mostly, right? Yeah. So that would be the main part. But yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. Continue with your line. That's I okay. Um, so. I, I set up the training school um, on my own um, and was teaching courses and I found it increasingly difficult to find an acrylic line that companies would allow me to work with. Um, the UK is very different to America in that you, it's changing, which is, I think, great. Um, America is very much you can go to a supplier and you can buy various different brands. There's no... Um, sort of strict rules on that but the UK because it's so small there was always very much if you were selling that brand that's all you were allowed to sell oh yeah brands um yeah so it was very difficult because they all wanted me to be educators for them and I was like I don't want to I want to teach my way you know and that's not because I feel my way is better than anyone else's but brands understandably I understand have a certain style or a way that they want you know their students to be taught and I wanted to have the freedom to show several techniques because mm. I feel like there's more than one road leads to Rome you can get there several different ways mm. and I wanted the freedom to do that which is how they started um so yeah and it was just really difficult so I was like I'd done NSI uh, R&D for NSI previously um a few years back um, working with them on a secret, their secrets line that they had launched um, with Denise Wright. So I was like, I think I might be able to do this. So it took a few years because you have to have a good understanding of products. And, you know, I'm not a chemist, but I have a, a good basic understanding of chemistry and what chemicals are good and all of that. And I just set to work on doing that. And that's how it all started was um, with the acrylic line so that we could teach with it. Yeah. was was ultimately how this all started <laughs> so do you have colors in your acrylic line or is it just clear pinks and whites no we have um oh, nearly nearly 100 colors I think and they are all custom blended to what I want <laughs> I've done all the formulations and the pigmentations and stuff which is very unusual um you know most people don't do that but I wanted it a certain way um so I'm very fussy. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and you deserve to be because you've worked hard to get to where you are. And so you're educating and you've got your product line. You are an award winner beyond. Actually, I found your chapter in the book here and I just uh, am going to see if I can read a little bit here on, uh, on what you've done over 65 competitions and now you're up for another award so that's going to change so you've already outdated my book hazel <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh you won nail professional of the year in 2014 and 2016 international nail art champion top uh uk top tech four times nail olympics two times winner of winners in the art award and that's i think the highest you can get in that it is yeah um 2015 tom holcomb shooting star award we don't know what that is in canada what is that so that was um it's a scratch star award um so scratch stars are basically scratch magazine 
set up a, a industry specific awards to recognize the diverse skills and levels and types of um, not just systems but also what people can do now you know and a lot of there's no other awards like it in the UK because they recognize people that are specialist in natural nails in fiberglass in acrylic in gel in nail art you know and it goes on um which you know I think it's important because a lot of so now professional of the year and stuff is very much a general competition um, and it's a very prestigious award that's been going for about 15 years off the top of my head that one it was the only one there was um, but it was very general it was about your general skills not about what you specialized and what was your thing and I think now's has come into its own now and it deserved its own awards so Scratch Magazine did that and they set up the Scratch Star Awards um, and the Tom Holcomb Shooting Star Award um, was picked by a panel of judges um, who felt somebody in the industry that they felt was going to be a star <laughs> basically wow well you sure are and there's more <laughs> there's more uh yeah. i am a scratch star hall of fame twice for my three consecutive wins with mixed media nail stylist of the year you've been featured on several covers of the magazine just like the rolling stones you know you have yeah. the cover of the magazine multiple <laughs> competitions and photographic pieces and i mean we can go on and on and on and on you have absolutely astounded the world with your your work you're oh, very, thank very you. good i have a question for you yeah what was your impossible that you overcame oh i this sounds probably silly it's not actually directly to do with nails but it is to do with standing up in front of a crowd of people so doing like a seminar on the stage or talking and you would not believe when I was at the Accents Global um, event that we was at a few years back mm -hmm. before COVID. Um, I was so nervous. I was shaking. It's one. It was always been one of my biggest fears. And I, and I don't know why. I'm very good in small groups and one to one. You can't you can't stop me talking but in front of a big, large group of people that are just, all I can see is their eyes staring at me. <laughs> that has probably been the hardest thing for me to overcome, if I'm honest. Um, but I did have an amazing mentor in Denise Wright. Uh -huh. um, she was very, very good to me and would, you know, often ring me up and go, right, I'm going to ask you this question. So if someone asks you this, what are you going to say? And I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. and we'd kind of practice. Yeah. Um, and now... I still get nervous and I think it's a good thing actually because if you're not nervous then you don't probably don't care anymore um and I do massively care and have a huge passion and really want to help push the industry forward so um so yeah and, and I did one recently for the very first time at professional beauty show because I've said no for years and the nerves went fairly quickly once I started talking and got into it. And I think it's a confidence thing. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm going off a little bit, but after having children, you know, you know, three young children, very close together, they're all within five years of each other, being a stay at home mum, 
being away from the workplace and from friends I think you do tend to lose a lot of confidence it's took quite a, quite a long time and many years to get it back but I've got amazing people around me great mentors a great network of people that I love um and they're so they're so good for me and for me I would never be able to do any of what I do even my fantasy pieces without my family without my friends without that without the support you know it's not just me it's them as well so support's very important very important. 100% and I would actually say it it plays a good a good role in it because if you don't have that it's very difficult for you to do anything so my husband you know we've been through our ups and downs like many couples <laughs> um but without his support and looking after the kids so that I could travel and I could go away and compete and and give me you know a bit more freedom to do that I wouldn't have been able to do any of it so so yeah it is you know uh, they play a big role your family I think yeah so just when you said that travel I I know that you came like from the UK to Florida for that and you've traveled to other places are you ever scared to death that your pieces are going to break on the way yes <laughs> and I've been stopped at customs many times <laughs> they're like what is this like it goes through the scanner and they see all these bits um so when I travel for fantasy that's a very good question is all the pieces are pre-made beforehand so you have to go and travel with it for Orlando and the Vegas shows that I did you you have to pack it well and I had to buy a a suitcase just for my fantasy (laughs) um so for all the costume and all the other bits and then what I would do is I would put all of my fantasy pieces in bubble wrap tissue then into a box and that would all go in my hand luggage so it was always with me that never went on the conveyor belt ever that stayed with me um so I knew exactly where it was I could see it no one was bashing that make sure you get a hard case for it not a soft case um so yeah that's that's another good question and that's my biggest tip take it with hand luggage with you for sure and you also have to take your model with you correct yes you do competing's not cheap no (laughs) Uh, if I was to tell you that year so that would have been 2019 I think um how much money that I spent and invested in competing yeah my accountant was like (laughs) really Hazel (laughs) that much (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's not it's not cheap to get into were you still working on clients during that time that you were competing yeah so yeah. did winning encourage you to increase your prices yes it did um but I have to say even before I would say the boom of um I suppose being more well known because of the winning I built up a really good reputation locally and my books were full anyway um so for, for me my clients they loved they love it they love telling people that they go to an Altec that's an award winner and look they you know she's in Vegas doing this and she's doing that they were so supportive I didn't have one client that wasn't even when I ring them up and go I've actually decided to compete in June. I need to move your appointment. They're like, no, that's fine. That's amazing. Like, well done you. Um, so pricing wise, no, that they were, to be fair, they were absolutely really good because 
as much as I didn't do that type of work on them particularly because it's not salon viable they knew if I could do that and they asked for something there was nothing that I couldn't do and that's what they loved about coming to us yeah do you see big clients today I do but only three days a month now oh wow (laughs) so special to come and see you for sure I yeah I close my books I literally will only do the customers that I've been but that have been with me from the start um and they book they've all got their own slot every three weeks and I just do them yeah it must have been difficult for you to say goodbye to the other ones absolutely very difficult and I remember the day that I told some of them because I still up until 2019 was doing at least three days a week including every other Saturday as well and I'll be honest with the distribution, you know, because you have to, Im- I have to import, I import products from Canada and the customs and all of that. And then we have Brexit. It was getting more and more complicated and taking up a lot of my time. Um, and the, the training, like I've written all of our courses. I've got eight other academies and educators that are on the team as well. It was just getting too much. And I was working 16, 17 hours a day. And it was just something had to give. So what uh, was your biggest influence? What influenced you the most? Well, over the years in nails, what's influenced me? In general, what what inspired you or or just wanted you to keep going when, you know, everybody can quit at any given time? What what's what keeps you going? I think it's my genuine love for nails um I can't imagine me not being involved in the industry at all and again I'd be lying and I'm sure there's lots of other people have felt the same especially the last two years it's been very very difficult for everybody mm-hmm. um I lost my mum just before the pandemic which oh, sorry. was 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 very difficult uh, and then we went into a pandemic and you've only got yourself, you know, we were on a strict, strict lockdown. Um, and you're looking at your business that you've built up for the last sort of, you know, 15 years thinking, I've got no control over whether this is still going to be open at the end of this. And that's quite scary because yeah. yeah. I am very much a control freak. <laughs> I, I like to know what's coming in, where it's going, what the label looks like, you know, all of that stuff and my attention to detail um so yeah I thought about giving up and throwing in the towel and it's not worth it but yeah again it's the people around you that you can go to and say I'm having a bad day here I I can't I don't know if I can do this anymore is it really worth the 16 hours a day seven days a week um you know with without going into too much detail of some of the stuff that's going on over here at the moment particularly in the industry with different things and you feel like oh you feel like you're banging a head against the brick wall I don't know if that's a saying in Canada <laughs> I think it's a global thing and you're not the only one telling me the same story so yeah it it's been really hard for everyone in the world and you know I have a spa as well we were open four months and they shut the doors on us too and I think we're all a little bit of control freaks in this industry because that's why we're in it we love to control we we have control over that product we have control over the situation most of us are self-employed so when someone takes your life from you literally 
and you are, are stunned. You just say, what now, you know, what's going to happen. And nobody knew what was going to happen. And, and I think the whole world went in that tailspin and, and we're now slowly coming through it, but we've maintained, you know, we fought to keep going and, you know, we have, we're all fighters in our own right in, in saying that, you know, so, um, here we are. So 17 years you've been in the industry. Yes. Yeah. So 17 years ago, as a young mom, not knowing what you wanted to do, did you ever fast forward to today and say, I'm a global award-winning champion that's known literally around the world. I think you have more awards in your back pocket than most people ever will get or have had. So did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you would be on the stage, performing what you're doing, speaking to public, teaching people, having an education center, designing your own product line, like ever. You've got YouTube channels. You've got, you know, all of your social media. I see what you, your list is never ending on how to find you. It blows no, I never thought that. And now you've just reeled all of that off. I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I never in a million, million years thought that at all. Um, for me, I, I, I never realised until I got into nails, I'm very much a goal setter, um, but mini goals. I don't look too far ahead. Um, I'm very much like, right, so when I've done this, you know, I remember starting out and, and literally the first two years was very difficult you know trying to get clients and really hard and I was like I don't know if I can do this and I was like no you can do it you can do it around the kids it's going to be fine and I just remember setting myself a goal was like right in 12 months time I want to be able to have at least three evenings a week booked up with regular clients and that's what I set my goal at and then that happened and I was like oh okay well how about now that she's in nursery, the youngest went to nursery. I was like, right, I want to be able to do this many days a week. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to work from home anymore. It's too intrusive. I'm going to go find a hairdresser's. And I remember going to a hairdresser's and I rented a space. And then fast forward a year and I was renting a whole room from them and stayed, you know. And I think for me, it was just, I only ever look really short term if I'm being honest I think now I have probably longer term goals but back then never and I never ever I remember looking at um we never had Facebook and Instagram when I first started out we used to have a thing called Salon Geek I don't know if you remember that it was run by Samuel Sweet and that was kind of like you know where you went and I remember seeing Gigi Rouse I don't know if I've got her last name right and that iconic C&D picture with the you know the nails and I was like I want my nails to look like that you know (laughs) and no I, I never thought and to be fair sometimes I think when I'm feeling low and you know whatever it is and I ring up my friend and I'm like oh she's like oh just 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 hazel and she reels off you've done this idiot of course you can do it you'll be absolutely fine you're like well I suppose I can actually so 
That's awesome. Well, we're running out of time. I would love to have you back if you would like to come back again Absolutely. and spend some more time with us. So I just want to thank Hazel for, for being with us today. And uh, if you want more information, you can find me at misscheryl.com. And all of Hazel's information will also be listed on that website. So uh, the book is for sale there and you can go and grab that, click on Hazel's photo and you will be linked right into all of her social media. So you can find her there. And um, I invite you to go to the website as well. We have a free ebook called Setback to Success. Is a career in the beauty industry your answer to safety, sustainability, and job security? And hoping from what Hazel has told us today, you can understand it definitely is. So yeah. all the links can be found on our show notes. And um, do you have any closing words, Hazel, for our last little bit of time? Um, just if you want to get into competing, definitely compete do fantasy it will push you your skills to another level and if you don't know where to start message or contact me and i will be more than happy to help but absolutely give it a go you'll be surprised what you can do uh, and you know what hazel just in saying that that's awesome that you reach out to people like that because you really don't have to anymore you've definitely made your mark in the world and the fact that you're still giving back Ah, I'm getting emotional. Isn't that something? <laughs> it's it's very heartwarming that you still do that because that shows where your heart's definitely in the industry. And you I think people deserve it. I think I've had people give to me and help me and mentor me, and it's my turn to give back. So absolutely. Yep. That's awesome. Well, I thank you again for joining me. That's and okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We will have you back because you have so much to share. If you if you join us again, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, okay. Cheryl. Welcome. So everybody, remember to hit the subscribe button. We'd love to have a five-star review from you. And Hazelwood as well. So you can find her on the show notes as well as on our website. And this is Cheryl Thibault. And thank you for listening to The Walk of Life passion, purpose, and people. And in the words of my little brother, bye for now. Mm -hmm.